for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady on. And her name is Alina Haba. You know her. She is a, a lawyer for President Trump. Alina, how are you? Good to see you again. I'm great. Thanks for having me again, Joe. Uh, you're very welcome. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what went down in New York because I simply don't get it. And what's interesting is those who just don't like you and just don't like Trump and don't like a guy like me who likes both of you, um, they want to come up with anything they possibly can to make sure that this was a righteous decision that you and I both know wasn't. So uh, let's just very slowly go through what we did the last time we spoke because people don't seem to understand. And I'm just going to ask you very simple questions. Then we'll elaborate on it if you don't mind. Number one, was there already a judgment in this case before you ever started giving testimony at all? Yes. So in other words, <laughs> he, yes. he, was, he was guilty. That's it. So you walked in we and this judge that, decided yes, guilty. he's guilty, he did it. Guilty. And it was a damages trial. There was one count that we were guilty on before we had a trial, yes. Now, is that abnormal? Is that something New York State normally does? Um, nothing about this was very normal. We were yeah. in a statute that was used for consumer fraud protection to protect individuals that don't have a voice. That was number one. So we weren't even in a normal statute. And then if you are using a consumer statute, you should be in the commercial division in New York, which we were not. Uh, this judge wanted to keep it. He had um, clearly had this relationship with the attorney general's office and um, you know, he, he was happy to keep it and wanted to make sure we didn't have a jury. He decided that. Um, and we lost one count on summary judgment before trial. So the trial was effectively to go through the other counts and then to figure out damages, much like the Carroll case. The same thing. So, so so he walked in, you Donald Trump, and you walked in. The judge said, guilty. You did it. Yeah. Let's see how much money I'm going to make you give us. That's it. That's what the whole thing was about. Yeah, guilty. We'll see if you're guilty of the same thing six different times, and then we'll figure out damages. That's it. It is Alina Haba. Go and follow her everywhere, Alina Haba or HabaLaw.com. We follow each other on Twitter. I'm not sure what I have to do to get you to follow me on Instagram, but what, Alina, whatever. <laughs> no, actually, you I do. So- you've. You follow me on Instagram, not on Twitter. That's that's what it is. It's the other way around. But, it, you, you know why? I, I if I want to feel really badly about myself, I go on Twitter. Um, I I truly don't look. I've right. heard things about it. It I, I, Twitter is just such a negative space for me. It's so. a cesspool. It is. It is. So I, I try not to, but I will go shield my eyes and find you and hit. <laughs> well, you, you actually retweeted me, so so you know where I am. But either way, um, so guilty, how much money will you have to give us? You mentioned something about a jury trial. Everybody but everybody who is a legal brain on Twitter has told me you forgot to check the box. Now, you and I have talked yeah. about this before. Were you allowed to have a jury or not? So... First of all, let's. I'm so. I haven't talked about this box thing in so long. I'm so happy to talk about it again. <laughs> but it's funny. It's like one of those funny things to me now. Um, so the box. So if you are the attorney general's side, has a sheet. Um, it's actually their sheet that was posted on the internet. It's not ours, and they didn't post that they wanted a jury. I had a right to ask for a jury, which I did in a hearing. I said that I would like a jury. Right. Um, the judge made clear and said that. He was not going to give a jury to us. He also, for my sake, reiterated that to the press in the trial and did say, I hear all the news in the beginning about the jury. They forgot to check a box. No one forgot to check a box. I invite the press and everybody on Twitter to get out of your mom's basement and actually read a little bit. Uh, (laughs) There was no box that was forgotten to be checked. There was a conversation with the judge. And then the judge reiterated it in the beginning of trial for 
to, for clarity's sake, and said, you know, I'm reading the press. She didn't forget to check a box. I decided there was no jury. It's my decision to make. This is an equitable trial, meaning money damages only, and I don't have to give him a jury. Um, the judge could have given us a jury. I asked for it, but it was not provided to us. So no box. You did not forget to ask for a jury. You wanted a jury. Judge said, no, I will be the only arbiter in this case. Yet most of Twitter who doesn't like you or Trump or me, they still think that you forgot to check some box. Did you get fired, Alina? No, I'm still here. I, I, I was told you were I fired. I was like, I got fired again. I called the president. I was like, sir, does this mean I get to go on vacation? Like, no. I'm so you did not get here. fired. I'm still a spokeswoman, lawyer. I'm still I mean, on the cases. I have many obviously. cases with the president. And um, look, losses that happen because you're a poor lawyer are one thing. Losses that happen because you fight the fight and you have a corrupt system. You have people that are fighting against you in a dirty way. You have issues in terms of evidence of being allowed to come in. And your client is sitting there for most of this time watching it, watching what's really happening. Not what the news is reporting, but what's really happening. Um, those lawyers are people that the president stands with. Uh, he has been one of my biggest supporters, frankly, in my career. And I, I am grateful to him and his family for what they've made of uh, of little old me, you know, I feel like I'm grateful, but I am still very much part of the Trump team. Um, sorry, trolls, I'm still here. <laughs> she is still here. It's Alina Habba. Go and follow her. A L I N A H A B B A. Um, I've got to ask you about the gag order. It's my understanding, Alina, and you're way smarter than I am. You tell me this all the time. Um, in law, any rules that are set in the court are to protect the defendant. The the the, the Complete burden is on the prosecution. So when there's a gag order, it should be to protect the defendant, a defendant who's rallying for president, a defendant who wants to speak about these ridiculous char charges. What was the story with the gag order? Why did they get away with gagging you and Trump? So I still have a gag order in place, so I have to be careful. Really? As you said, um, many people would love to see me... Um, you know, in, in a terrible scenario, which is sick in itself. Uh, I'm just a lawyer doing my job. But uh, yeah, there's a gag order against me. It still is against me. Um, you can look it up. But the judge effectively decided that certain things were off the table in terms of putting objections on the record and speaking publicly. I'm not going to speak to those things, but okay. I will say that that in itself was quite disturbing. Um, I believe that attorneys you know, and individuals have an Eighth Amendment right. Attorneys have a First Amendment right. Non-attorneys have a First Amendment right. All Americans have that right. And when you prevent us from putting things on a record, I think it creates uh, quite a problem for an attorney trying to do their job, but also for the defense. Um, and for the record on appeal, I think it will be, uh, frankly, one of our strong points was that gag. Uh, under what color of law did, did the prosecution, not that she should have had a say, or did the judge... Wonder what color of law was he able to tell you you can't present the defense you want to? I thought that you could, if you, if you represent me, Alina, you should, mm -hmm. you should give the, the strongest, most vehement defense you possibly can. What judge has the right to tell you you're not allowed to? Well, can you not you speak about that either or not? No, I can. I just couldn't decide which case you were asking me about because it applies to so many that I've gone through. You know, in the past, you know, 
four months. I've been on trial in New York on one case. It happened, and then right. it happened again on the other. And in the other, I couldn't even bring an expert in. I mean, the judge denied us multiple experts, multiple things that we couldn't bring in. We couldn't talk about, um, you know, Miss Carroll going on uh, Anderson Cooper saying rape is sexy. I wasn't allowed to tell the jury that she did that. That, to me, is insane. That it's not so insane in the world that I've been living in, which unfortunately, is what I speak to the most. Um, I've become more of an advocate for First Amendment rights, and, but also for human beings and individuals that I feel are being silenced inappropriately and unfairly by judges who feel that politics have a place in the robe and on the bench, and they just don't. So, yes, we have been prevented from bringing in evidence that helps our cases. Now, of course, there's a normal process where that goes through, where evidence is excluded, included. But then when it becomes obvious that there is a systemic uh, pattern, when it's one-sided, when you have people on the other side that were judges, law clerks, when you have, um, you know, people on the other side winking to, to individuals in the courtroom, that kind wow. of behavior makes it very clear that we are turning into a banana republic. And when it comes to E.G. and Carol, and, and I know that we're mixing the two cases together, and I apologize, but when it comes to that, I saw Sarah Palin posted probably eight tweets by this woman that were just sorted and tawdry. And these were all after this alleged uh, thing happened with Trump. Yeah. There's something different about this lady. And I don't know if you've seen the video of her television show. Holy mackerel. I mean, she's completely off the hook, in my opinion. So you weren't able to present even the tweets? No, I tried to. Uh, many of them were objected to. I actually also had one of the key things of defamation is to say that, you know, he defamed me and therefore I um, have damages. But when she came out with her accusation against the president, she didn't have the right year. She couldn't even give us a year or season. She had no evidence. And then what happened was um, there were tweets that came out because somebody is saying a sitting president did something that is absolutely atrocious. So people were calling her a liar and all these things. Right. And there was a window before the president even issued a statement or acknowledged her that this was happening. They were going to throw me in jail. And I said to the judge, I, I have to make a record. I have to say that you have to let me put this PowerPoint slide in that right. shows that there was a window before the president even acknowledged her where people were already calling her that. It's not a result of President Trump's denial. He right. has a right to deny an accusation. It's the result of Twitter. The same thing we've been talking about, trolls. Um, and that's not President Trump's responsibility. He cannot control it. He right. didn't encourage it because he hadn't even acknowledged her yet. So the truth is that was the side that I almost got thrown into jail for. And I said to the judge, and I stood up as an advocate, as an attorney, and I said, I have to make my record. And he said, sit down. You're not putting that on the record. And it, it look, the record speaks for itself. People can read the trial testimony. It just, it was one of those low moments in in my um, career, not for me, but more for I'm looking at it going, do you really want to keep practicing law when this is the way it's being handled? It was a right. sad, a sad moment for our country.
Well, I, I hope that you'll, you'll continue practicing law for the next hundred years because I think you're an amazing attorney. It's Alina Haba. Go follow her, A-L-I-N-A-H-A-B-B-A. Go follow her everywhere. Uh, she is President Trump's attorney. When it comes to, let's go back to, to the, to the Letitia James case just for a second. I was floating around Zillow the other day. I don't know if you saw this. I posted it on Twitter, but you don't follow me, so you wouldn't know Alina Haba. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I don't the, go the, on Twitter. So I know, I know, I know. It's, it's okay. I'll leave you alone with that. But there's a piece of land, and I, I've been to Mar-a-Lago several times. So I was lucky enough to play the national anthem at the premier police state recently. Um, it's beautiful. It's between the intercoastal and the Atlantic Ocean. I grew up in Palm Beach County. We're always aware of Mar-a-Lago. There's a piece of land, 2.28 acres, that's vacant, very close to, to Trump's estate. And you know what they're asking for it? You know what they, they say the value is of 2.28 acres of vacant land on Palm Beach between the intercoastal and, Atlanta, and the Atlantic Ocean? 20 million, 25 million, something ridiculous. 150 million dollars. Oh my God! I kid you not. I I, I posted it on 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 the X. So you're looking at Mar-a-Lago, and the auditorium where I played the national anthem is worth at least thirty million. Just that building. Forget about the seventeen acres of land between the intercoastal and the Atlantic Ocean. Forget about the the residents and the fifty six well, rooms and all this stuff. Should- yeah, two acres in Palm Beach is a lot of land. I mean, I should have, if it's it two acres, that's a big piece of property in, in right. Florida. Mar-a-Lago has how many rooms? And, I mean, it's at least a billion, 1.5 billion, if not yes. more. I mean, this market, it's insane. But, 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 yeah, but let me ask you this. Why, Lauren, it's 18. Well, why does, why does Letitia James, and, me, and, and I don't know what you're gagged about, so if you can't speak about it, let me know. No, but why I does she, speak about my student. Okay, why, why does she have the right to ask anybody how much Mar-a-Lago is worth when it's in Florida and she's in New York. And by the way, there is no aggrieved party. No bank was screwed out of money. They all made interest. They all made a lot of money off of Donald Trump. And they continue to make a lot of money off of him. What, what is she basing this case on? Because, A, the value of Mar-a-Lago is so ridiculously low. I mean, I, Alina, let's get our money together and buy Mar-a-Lago for $18 million if we can. Because I would like to, I'd like to turn a profit. What gives well, the will. attorney general? What gives the attorney general of New York the right to do anything in this case? Um, I'm thinking about how polite I can be. Her campaign <laughs> promise. Her campaign promise was. No, no, she this. never promised that. If you if you listen to her, she never promised anything. She's not evil. She's not bad, and didn't target anybody. Of course, we have the right. video from two years ago. But I mean, yeah. again, I mean, in what world are we living? I don't get it. No, that, no we're, we're really not in America right now. So she campaigned on it. She had to fit around, you know, uh, she had to literally fit the, the narrative. She said I'm, before she even walked into the Trump Organization papers, before she was attorney general, she was just a normal individual saying, I'm going to go into Trump Tower. I'm going to sue them every single day and I'm going to go home. Um, so there's a problem. And then she goes into Trump Tower, sees there's nothing wrong. So then what they have to do is use the tax assessed value for Mar-a-Lago of eight $18 million and say that because you said Mar-a-Lago for tax assessment in a certain year, which was beyond the statute of limitations, before, because of that, we're now going to sue you. We're going to say that your statement of financial condition is so overvalued because Mar-a-Lago is only worth $18 million. Well, that's actually not the case. Statement of financial condition was undervalued. If President Trump wanted to value his statement of financial condition and inflate it, don't you think he'd put his brand his brand, the same brand that made him president. I mean, it's yes. so nonsensical. You're you're trying to put sense into something that there is no sense. Um, it's not that there were bad lawyers. It's not that there was uh, bad facts. All the facts were true, accurate. There are there is truly political 
people in the courtroom right now that are making decisions based on an election season and there's no business for that. And that's really the truth. Mar-a-Lago is clearly not worth $18 million and it is the biggest, most glaring, obvious political hack that you could ever see because when everyone left and right couldn't defend that, they just couldn't. It's uh, Alina Haba. You're so well said. And by the way, tax assessment, when did that go into collateral consideration? It doesn't. If I have something that I say, hey, Alina, I want to borrow 100 bucks, but and, and I'll, I'll pay it back to you with interest, but I've got this thing that's worth 200 If I don't pay you back, you can have it. And you say, you've got to say, well, I don't think that's worth 200 Or you say, wow, that is worth 200 Sure, let me lend you the 100 bucks. Why is it more, it's not more in-depth and more detailed than that, is it? It's, a, it's not complicated. The bank says, I agree with you. In fact, even if I agree with half of how much you say it's worth, I'll still lend you the money. Isn't it on the Wait, bank by thing? The way, they, and they did not, they did not even use the Trump Organization's numbers. They, they came they up with their up. own, right? Not so, they came up with their own. They did their own due diligence, their own investigation. And even still, there was still billions of dollars more. Even if you use their lower numbers, there's still billions of dollars more. You can't make up how insane this is. Um, yeah. It's nonsensical through and through. And, you know, it's tough when I do these shows because people want to really understand it. And there's just right. no reason. There's no reason, well, the thing and is, I'm hoping that the appellate division will see that through the transcripts and the witnesses. That's it for part one of my special interview with Alina Haba, attorney for former President Donald Trump. Part two next hour on the Joe Pag Show. We're back after this. This is the Joe Pag Show. You. you know that Alina Haba has been attacked because she looks good. I'm not sure I understand that. Being attacked for being attractive doesn't make sense to me. But I guess they can't attack her intelligence because it's there. But that's what the left has been doing with her also. Uh, Carrie, a couple of pretty good answers there. I mean, the left announced immediately she got fired. She didn't get fired. She still right. works with the guy. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting. She got fired, and she wasn't allowed to present her case, and yes, he was found guilty before ever even stepping into the court. There's a whole lot there that is being spun the wrong way. I mean, we learned something there, no? Uh, absolutely, I did. Yeah, looking forward to part Without number a doubt. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part, uh, part two, I think you're going to like a lot, because I talk a lot about women being objectified and how wrong that is, but for some yeah. reason, the left thinks it's okay, as long as they're conservative women, you know? All right, looking forward to that. All right. Make sure you stick around for that. We also have a story where Joe Biden, it turns out, is one of the best presidents we have ever had, I guess. Carrie found this story. Mm -hmm. We'll have that for you when we come back and a whole lot more. Keep it here.